episode two of the StarCast Variety Show is brought to you by the Three of Cups. Join me, Christiana Gaudette, and my co-host, Frank Kwiatkowski, in a celebration of tarot, community, and the messages spirit brings us. Hey, Frank, it is time for the second episode of the StarCast Variety Show. How are you doing? I'm great, Christiana. I am so excited. Episode number two. We survived episode number one, and it lives to, to see another day. Episode two. I'm excited. How, how, do you, how do you feel about the episode this week? I am so excited for it. We have so many great things. We've got some new features. We've got some returning features and a fabulous interview with Mercedes Vasquez. She is going to be presenting at StarCon 2023. She's going to be in person in West Palm Beach, and you are going to love her. She is brilliant. She's a trans medium. She has this fabulous background, and I cannot wait to share her with you. Very cool. Can't wait to meet her. I can't wait to meet a lot of the people that are going to be there. Last year was uh, a hybrid conference. I was really excited to be there and with the people that I met. Obviously, the very first year, it had to be completely online. But I can't wait to meet more people in the, the tarot community this year. Who else is going to, obviously, you don't want to give away everybody, but who else is going to be joining us this year as of now, Christiana? Oh, my gosh, the list is, is too big to even, I, I would take up hours and hours telling you. We have an amazing lineup, more people than ever. We're running four tracks this year instead of three. And it's going to be an even better experience for the in-person people and the people coming in online because we have improved our technology game. Most of the presenters, I, I would say three quarters of the presenters will be presenting in person. Uh, for the people coming in and attending at home, I don't know that that makes a huge difference in terms of what their experience is, because we know the Accelevance platform is a very immersive platform. Mm -hmm. For the people who will be there in person, I think having most of the presenters in person is a plus, right? Absolutely. Yeah, there's something to be said for that in-person uh, connection that you make with people. For, absolutely. Yes, totally. So for today's episode, one of the fun things about today's episode, speaking of people going to be there, we have, besides you and me, on this episode, there are, count them, eight, eight members of our community that I am so excited to share with everyone who is watching and listening. And part of that is a new thing that you're doing. Tell us about that. This week's episode will introduce the idea of a tarot topics discussion panel. So I brought together a few of our valued members, uh, a few professionals with a lot to offer. We got together and we had a little discussion around a tarot topic. So I can't wait to introduce those people to you and to share this conversation that we had. I think everybody's really going to enjoy that. Perfect. Now, of course, we have put out the call and we're putting out the call again for your submissions, submissions of your short videos to share with this community in future episodes. And when we put out the call, the first person to answer was Gita Rash. Now, Gita has presented, she, she's, she's, a, she's a fixture with us. Uh, she presented in 21, 22, and she's also presenting in 23. She's multi-talented, so different topics each time. And she has, she has given us for this episode, in fact, coming up next, a short presentation on divination systems that I think you're really going to enjoy. Can't wait to see it. Uh, like I said earlier, I'm a fan of the show, so I can't wait to watch her presentation. And I can't wait to see yours as well, Christiana. It's my understanding that you've done a little tarot technique to share with us. Isn't that right? Yes, I have. You know, everyone loves doing three card readings. And I have shared a technique for how, if you need to, you can quickly and easily and effectively 
turn your three card reading into a six card reading or a nine card reading. So that's coming up later in this show as well. And we'll end the show with one of my favorite features, the Guess the Tarot card game. Now tell me, from our last episode, episode one, were you able to guess the tarot card? I was able. I'm happy to announce that, yes, I was. I would give it away. But in case anybody is watching this episode first and hasn't seen the first episode, I won't give away what it was. But I'm happy to say that I was able to get it, get it right. How about you? <laughs> <laughs> That's not fair because I designed the game. Oh, excuse me. Yeah, I forgot about that. But, you know, if you ask, would I? Would I? Would I be have been able to guess the card if I didn't already know what it was? I'm going to say yes. I think it was really fun to see how three people gave their keywords. They were not the same keywords, but it was really enough to, you know, to, to give us that full sense of the card. And I think this is a fun game because it is a fun game, but also because if you're a new tarotist, it really shows you two things. It shows you how keywords work for cards and how each of us has our own take on the cards. Absolutely. It, as most of our viewers, I'm sure would agree, it's about personalizing the meanings of the cards. We're all pretty similar with how we interpret them. That's how we know we're in the right ballpark, but it's going to be personal and therefore they're all going to be just a little bit different from each other. Absolutely. So let's get it going. Welcome everyone, whether you're watching us online on YouTube or listening to us wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Welcome to episode two of the StarCast Variety Show. Let's get it going. Welcome. Let's do this thing, Christiana. First up, Palm Leaf Reading with Gita Rash. It's Gita Rash, and I would like to share with you a very fascinating form of divination, which is also very, 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 very ancient. It is called the palm leaf reading or Nadi astrology. For those of you who have not heard about this, this is not to be confused with regular palmistry, which is basic hand reading. This is actually recorded information on palm leaves that were done eons and eons and eons ago, way before anyone was born. So your destiny, your fate was already written before you took birth. How fascinating is that? So how does this work? The Nadi astrologer, who is the reader, takes your thumbprint and then he looks, he goes and hunts among the slew of bundles and bundles of palm leaves to find the exact bundle that matches your thumbprint. Once he thinks he's got a good kind of a feel for the kind of match he has, he starts the reading. And the reading entails, it's a pretty long reading. It entails all kinds of information. And these details are not just past, present, and future, but they also contain information with precise names of your parents, your grandparents, your spouse, how many siblings you have, your children, what you do for a living, where you live, so on and so forth. And it is uncannily precise. Can you imagine who would have known all this information so long ago and have it recorded? This is almost like reading the Akashic Records in real time, live, it is wild. It really is. It is amazing. I mean, it is so ancient. It's fascinating. It's amazing. I'm assuming that because the leaves are located in India, that you could get these readings only there. But of course, it, because it's wildly popular, I believe there's a long waiting list. And that is also why the prices have also gone up quite a bit over the last few years. But 
bio beware, as with everything, there are also fakes. That being said, I would like to share with you and show you my no-fail pendulum technique. So come on and let's head over to my pendulum setup. So here we go. Here is my setup, my handy dandy little pendulum mat and my accoutrements, which I love, my crystals and stones and so on. And the way I use the pendulum when I'm reading for clients is to tie in with the other readings that I do for them, which are tarot, oracle, runes, palmistry, astrology, and so on. If I want to validate something or find a more exact or precise answer, this is how I would kind of get another additional information to add on to the question for the client. For myself personally, I use this to find missing objects because I'm notorious for doing that, especially things like rings, which I love, any kind of jewelry, keys, uh, even little post-it notes that I make notes for my classes that I stick in here and there and I need to find out. And this is a huge space for floors, so I need to go through a lot of other areas to find out where the missing lost object is. And I find the layout of this mat is so helpful because some you don't need, firstly you don't even have to establish a yes or no it's already set up for you so you don't have to start from scratch and then it's also got two other options which is a maybe and a rephrase which is again very helpful in finding lost objects because when i'm going through the spaces uh, i'm sure you've noticed many times that you do not always get a very solid no or a solid yes the pendulum kind of has a mind of its own. It circles and then settles down, sometimes this way, sometimes that way, and so on. So I find this very, very useful when it's a maybe. That would mean that it's not a definite no, so I can move on to the next room mm -hmm. and then eliminate spaces as I go along until it's a yes or a maybe, and I come to just one yes, and it works. Sometimes when you get a rephrase, that would mean that the question is not very clear. You need to rephrase your question in a more precise fashion, make it more concise, make it more suitable to getting uh, to increasing your chances of receiving a more precise answer like a yes, no, or whatever it may be. And uh, of course, I love this because, you know, it takes a bit of time because when you're looking for objects, you do have to go through a lot of uh, many spaces, but I have been very successful in finding almost everything I've lost. I know I once lost a ring in my own car, which is in the garage underneath the umbrella in the back seat, and I found it. So I happen to love, love, love this pat and the pendulum and the system, and I hope you enjoyed it as well. And now, a panel discussion. Where in your home do you like to read tarot? Hi, it's Frank here. And it's time for a tarot topics discussion panel here on the StarCast Variety Show, where we invite a diverse panel of tarot experts and professionals to share their perspectives on a specific tarot-related question that we think all of you would be interested in gaining their perspectives. I want to say welcome to our panels, our very first Tarot Topics discussion panel. Hello, everybody. And well, let's start by <laughs> let's start by introducing each of our panelists. And I'll go to the reading glasses here. Our, our first panelist is uh, our first panelist, um, in addition to her role as publisher of the Cardomancer magazine. Uh, our first panelist is a holistic empowerment coach, dream work specialist, educator, and writer. Uh, feel free to visit her website, amberhighland.com, and follow her on Twitter at Highland underscore Amber, and on Instagram at ancient underscore voices. Let's please welcome Amber Highland. Hi, Amber. Hey, everyone. All right. And our next panelist offers classes and presentations that dive deep into divination-related topics. 
and that enhance a reader's perspectives. She also dedicates time to individual consultations, demonstrating how to combine a variety of tools to expand on readings. Visit her Facebook page, Tarot Connections, and on Instagram at Beverly underscore Tarot underscore Connections. Please help me welcome Beverly Frable. Hi, Beverly. Hello, hello. All right, and our third panelist is the owner of two Soultopia metaphysical stores in Dallas, Texas, and she's also a co-host of the Soul Star podcast and the Michelle Soultopia YouTube show. She's also the author of two books, two books, including most recently Spirits Unveiled, a fresh perspective on angels, guides, ghosts, and more from Llewellyn Books. She offers intuitive healing sessions, teaches classes on intuitive methods. Oh, and she also happens to be an attorney. So uh, feel free to visit her websites, michellewelsh.com and soultopia.guru. Please help me welcome Michelle Welsh. Hi, Michelle. Hi. All right, we have a very we have a very dignified panel here with us today. I look forward to getting all of your perspectives. So why don't we get started? I have a question. Christiana and I have put together a list of tarot topics discussions, discussion questions, and I'm just pulling one randomly out, and uh, we'll see how this goes. Let's let's get everybody's thoughts on this particular question. All right. So please tell us, where in your home do you like to read tarot uh, or whatever your other cardomancer, cardomancy methods might be? Do you have a designated spot in your home uh, or does it not really matter? You know, can you just go from room to room and just read wherever it is? And if you do have a specific spot in your home, what do you like to keep there? Uh, tell us about your, your little tarot reading spot. Um, uh, let's see. Now, before we got on air, somebody had volunteered Beverly to go first. So Beverly, if, if you don't mind, tell us, tell us about the spot in your house where you like to read tarot, if you would. Okay. Well, my spot in the house is actually outside the house. I have a lanai that looks over a pasture where we have three rescue horses and a swimming pool and lots of trees. And I love to do it there. I'm in Florida, so I get a lot of sunshine there. And when I don't, it's usually really heavy rain. Anyone who looks at my Facebook probably has seen and heard it there. Um, so I get a lot of nature that's invited in. And actually while I'm doing it and I'm surrounded by that nature, I feel the energy, especially because I have this connection with trees and wood, it matters to me. What I have there while I'm reading is, strangely enough, a ukulele. Oh, really? <laughs> um, <laughs> because I'm learning, I'm relearning, I'm learning whatever. Um, and you know, it's a happy instrument. You can't be sad and listen to a ukulele. So it kind of always lifts me up when I feel I need a break. Um, and I also have a variety of decks. I take the decks I feel I need or desire out with me. I have standard ones there. And that's pretty much all I need. Um, I take a break when I need to. I, I don't do in person there, of course, um, at least not anymore, uh, except for friends. And I do online Zooms out of there when I need to. Uh, so that's really my place. That's, that's what I do. Very I cool. want to hear the musical rendition readings that Beverly is going to be given with the ukulele. <laughs> this is yeah. it's in the future. I can see it. I'm working on Christmas tunes right now, so it might not be relevant. <laughs> you might have an opportunity to carve out a niche here as mixing tarot with ukulele playing i mean why do i have a feeling this conversation is going to be totally about the ukulele at this point i, you know, I feel that that's a good point I, I feel that that's good all right so so we're going to talk more about the ukulele but i'd like to bring in one of our other panelists and hear a little bit more about your designated spot for reading tarot at home why don't we bring up how about michelle we'll bring you in here tell us a little bit first of all looking at your background if you have these gorgeous amethyst geodes and things. Is this what you have in your tarot reading spot at home? I do. We have this all over our house. We have so many crystals. So my my answer to your question is I read anywhere. Um, I have pretty much in every area of our home, our, our home backs up to a golf course. I call it a mullet house because it's like a garage on the front and the party's in the back because the front of the house is really ugly. And so I, I definitely have a mullet house and so but the home inside we really made it just very comfortable for us and, and each 
each area of the home, I can read in any area. So I don't have one specific altar for, and I think that's something important for people to know because I do have some guests that come in my home that aren't familiar because I'm an attorney also that aren't familiar with the work they know now, but in the past they didn't know, you know, exactly what I did. And so I wasn't like, out of the closet totally until about maybe 10 years ago. So I learned to just read anywhere and everywhere. And so one of the things I'd say that I love um, is that, and we do have a lot of open windows so I can see that nature that Beverly's talking about. I haven't learned to play the ukulele, ukulele yet, but yeah. I did give one as a graduation gift one time. Beverly, I will have to know. And he was going to Pepperdine and he loved that thing. So he actually used it. So um, I would say one of the things that's been really good for me also is the fact that they're coming out with a lot of the, the publishers out with a lot of the pocket decks. And so that's easy also for me to just stick in my bag so that I can read. Um, and I'm talking about for myself when I'm reading or if somebody just calls me and wants a quick reading, pretty much anywhere in my environment, I can do that as long as, you know, We've got three kids living with us, two that um, aren't ours, but were their adopted ours, you know, living with us for the summer. So as long as I can get a quiet space. Oh, very good. So so with Beverly, we have a designated spot. It's on her lanai. Uh, the ukulele is present. And with Michelle, she just takes it wherever. She has so many beautiful spots in her home. She's used to uh, she she's used to being able to do it wherever she goes. <laughs> I didn't so, mean it that way. I don't mean that all my spots in my home are beautiful. There's some that are complete wrecks that I would not let anybody enter. But, you know, to get the cards on a little area, I can do that. And I feel that I can set that intention. Yeah. Very nice. All right. So they're not all beautiful. <laughs> all right. So Amber, I guess you're being put in the in the spot of kind of breaking the tie here a little bit. Not that, uh, you know, do you have a designated spot? Do you move around your home? Tell us a little bit about your, your space. I like being the anchor runner. This is good. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm kind, I kind of lean more towards like Michelle does, you know, the way that um, I've created my home space. Um, it, it, everything just feels very special and very focused no matter where I am. I tend to not read cards a lot in the living room because there's usually always something going on in there. Some sort of distraction or sports playing or something. So, um, but I do have a specific altar room. So if I'm really doing something I have focus on a lot, I'll tend to go into that room because the energy is so uh, primed for um, for that intention setting and for receiving a lot more clarity um, intuitively as I'm doing readings. But I do have um, a deck of fists off of my bedroom. So I call it a little deck and I've made a little outside office that so kind of like Beverly, um, I have that space outside and it looks over a green space. I have a little fire pit out there um, and it's really lovely. Our house looks back over a wooded lake. So again, it's bringing a lot of that nature into the reading and those elements also. Um, so I'm not that great of a tiebreaker, probably a little bit more towards Michelle, where I could do anywhere in the house. I live in Washington State in the Pacific Northwest, so we have to deal with the weather, not always being conducive to being outside to do what I want to do. So Beautiful. One thing that I've heard two of our people say, and Michelle, you may have mentioned this as well, but the the role that nature, some kind of connection to nature makes when we read tarot. I remember when I first started reading, uh, I was doing all virtually all of my readings outside. I was living in Indiana at the time. Unfortunately, after a few months passed, uh, late fall and winter started coming up and I had to start worrying about freezing temperatures. Uh, but it got me thinking, Beverly, that you know, you live in Florida and you go out on that lanai and yes, there's lots of rain, but does the heat bother you at all? I mean, especially in summertime, can you still uh, get into that intuitive space despite all of that heat that we get down here? Yeah, you know, I mean, there's a lot of people work, the heat works for them, like what people do the sweat lodge thing. Well, I wouldn't want that much heat on me, but um, frankly, it's under a fan. There's a fan above me. So, I, you know, it moves the air. Uh, the heat never really bothers me. I'm not in direct sun. And I guess I'm used to it. You know, my blood's kind of thin now, you know, and I think that that's the only thin part about me, but, you know, I think it keeps me cool. So that's good. <laughs> Very good. And what, what about you, Michelle? Did I miss somewhere? You know, did you have a spot, like you said, uh, looks out um, on a golf course, right? Do you have um, like a, a spot in front of a big window or a back, back patio kind of place that you prefer to go to as well? 
both. We have a balcony off of our master bedroom that faces the golf course, and then we have a balcony of the kitchen walks uh, goes out onto the uh, golf course also. Um, and then we have this big swing. Uh, a lot of the meditations that we did right at the beginning of COVID that Roger and I did together, um, that we did together were from that swing. Uh, now, if the Frenchies, we have two Frenchies and one English bulldog. So if they're out there and they're, you know, causing a ruckus, then, you know, I might not be. And I'll, I'll say one thing about nature. Um, I was always an inside person. I played tennis my whole life. So, and I'm in Texas. And so it's like, I don't know, 110 degrees here right now. And just like, you know, wind. But I, I will say that, you know, I do believe that we should connect to nature, but for people who don't love to go outside, just know that you can also, it's okay. You can connect to, you know, take Beverly's class. She tells you other ways to connect to nature. You know, you can bring nature into you if something, if it, you know, if it's not conducive for you to, to go outside. I have a question, Michelle. That balcony you referenced, is that where you, you have the branch from that special tree? You mentioned it one time to me that you were connected with this particular tree. Is that where you have that? I do. I still have it. And I connected, Frank, uh, what Beverly's referring to is I connected with, I finally connected with nature. I was like, thank God, what's wrong with me? I can never connect with nature. Nature doesn't speak to me. Nature doesn't like me. Just a tennis racket does. Like, what's wrong with me? You know, tennis record, indoor person. What's wrong? I should be more outdoors. And this, I started talking to this tree and it was talking back to me. And then Roger informed me that it had been dead because it died during the like blizzard, the Texas blizzard a couple of years ago. So I had been talking to a dead tree the whole time, which kind of fits with my book experience. <laughs> so he put it on our, he put it on our balcony, uh, the, the dead tree, the dead branch. And I still talk to the dead, the dead, oh, and the dead that, tree. I love that. There is, there's some real mysticism there. That is really cool. Well, I mean, uh, some of our viewers may know Beverly did a fabulous presentation on different kinds of trees and tree divination and mm -hmm. what a wonderful way of connecting with nature is by connecting through trees. Now we're just about out of time. I wish we, we could really get into this much, much more, but uh, we are kind of wrapping up here. So just very quick, I want to go around to everybody and just ask real quickly, if there was just one thing that you think is most important in your tarot reading space, a total subjective answer, because it could be so many different things. But if you could think of just one thing that you really would like to have in your tarot reading space at any given time, what would that one thing be? Uh, and maybe I'll go to Amber here uh, to, to go first on this just quick point. Uh, what's that one thing you really need, Amber? Um, Mary Kay Greer's brain. <laughs> 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 she might not want to give that up. <laughs> not yet. Not yet. You know. <laughs> well, assuming that that's not readily available. That, that's not readily available. Um, I, you know, for me, candles. I really like to focus on on a flame. If I need to focus, um, and if I'm even like if I'm in a hotel room, I'll tend to bring like a battery operated one with me because if there's everything that's going on, that's one thing I can just. Um, so all right candles very good all right and what about you michelle if if there were one thing if there was just one thing what would it be how did i choose one the cards um I, the cards and um i, I would add in crystals I, i'm a crystal gal so I, I love to have my crystals with me very good all right what about you beverly you know i thought about it well well when you were asking um the only thing i can really come up with that's important to me is silence and when i say that i mean no artificial noise. Um, I, I I don't like artificial noise when I'm when I'm doing when I'm focused. I can block it out if I have to, um, but I really prefer natural noises. So that's all I can come up with. I could understand that, especially that nature when you hear birdsong or something along those lines, or the the wind, things of that nature. Uh, what a, a great way to get into that intuitive space. Well, we've run a little bit over time, not that we were on a specific timer, but uh, uh, this has been a wonderful conversation. I wanna thank all of you very much. Uh, Beverly Frabel, Michelle Welch, Amber Highland. You've been a wonderful panel and I wanna thank our viewers. Uh, we will see you next time. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. It's time for five questions with Mercedes Vasquez. Mercedes Vasquez, thank you so much for joining me on the StarCast Variety Show. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for having me. It's always a joy to work with you. Uh, well, you know, 
we go back a few years now mm -hmm. uh, when we first met in New York City. Yes. And um, I am delighted that we'll be meeting at StarCon 2023 in West Palm Beach in January. Me too. I'm so happy to be there live. Yes, yes. Really looking forward to it. So today I want to ask you five questions. Is that okay? Yes, please. Okay. First of all, your business name, Caliente Soul Expressions. Yes. Tell us what you do. Okay, so I am the creatrix of Caliente Soul Expressions, and I am an intuitive medium, a crystal Reiki healer, a breathwork facilitator, and a femme movement teacher. So what I do is that I take all of those modalities, and I help others find their true soul expressions. I do a lot of intuitive work with this. So when I do one-on-one -on -one sessions with clients, I scan their aura. And I work with chakras and crystals a lot. So I will scan and your body, your guides, your energy will let me know what's coming up for you. And then we address those issues. I also facilitate group classes, a lot of breath work sessions. I just did something recently for Planned Parenthood where I co-facilitated with other amazing healers. And we did this beautiful ceremony. Oh, beautiful. So I don't do things like that. <laughs> That is so fabulous. Thank you. So, uh, your origin story, how did this all come to you? How did you get into it? You know, it's funny because I am. Um, so my my family, I, so I'm Dominican and Cuban, and my family um, grew up in the Yoruba religion and also very Catholic. So I have my strong belief in God, in universe, in whatever you want to call it. I do believe there's a higher power. But I also have my strong belief in the Orishas and spirit. So I grew up with amazing spiritists. Um, my grandmother from my father's side was a, a spiritist. My grandmother from my maternal side was, even though she denounced it. And my mother um, is an amazing spiritist. And so growing up, I always knew of spirit. I always knew of the amazing Orishas. And I always knew that God was around or might their higher power. Um, because yeah, I do believe that for everyone it, it's different, but it, there is a higher power. I feel it. So I know that I go with what I feel and what I feel can't be wrong for me, of course. So growing up, I, um, I used to get visited by spirit. Um, I have a specific spirit guide that used to come to me. Well, I was aware of her at four years old. My mother told me I was aware of her much earlier. And they, you know, as a four-year-old, <laughs> you'd get some very surprising um, uh, appearances. And so I was so afraid that I kind of just blocked it all out, blocked it all out. Um, growing up, I knew of everything, but since it was shunned and we couldn't talk about my mother's religion, um, we hid everything. So I grew up always hiding my beliefs. I grew up always hiding my gifts. Um, and it wasn't until like my late 20s, early 30s that I started to reconnect with it because I'm very empathic. So I would feel what others would call psychic attacks, but really it was just me being left in the open because I wasn't properly taking care of myself and I was in development. I was in development stage. So I, I realized that I was a medium, a psychic medium, a trans medium. And yeah, I went to school to study more to further like, you know, just extend my education and my knowledge of it. And I just realized that it's so universal and everyone has a different belief, but we all have this intuitive gift. That's beautiful. So a, a side question, tell us a little bit about your schooling. Where did you study? Who did you study with? Yes, thank you for asking. Um, so mom is one of my teachers um, and my community. And then I also went to the School of Holistic Institute, Holistic Studies Institute. I also studied with Krista Mitchell. She is my crystal mentor, and she has this beautiful school called the Crystalline, Crystalline Academy. I studied with James Von Prague. And recently, I am studying with uh, James Jason Amoroso in the Revelation Breathwork class. Um, one of the things that I've gotten from the Holistic Studies Institute is that I met 11 other amazing 
psychics and mediums. And to this day, I think I met them three or four years ago. And to this day, we all get together when we can, a few of us, all of us to kind of study and hone in on our gifts. Community is so important. Yeah. And, uh, I cannot wait to share you with the StarCon community. Thank you. Now, last year, a few of us got to meet you because you were kind enough to do a presentation during the Afterglow on crystals. So I'm curious, right now, this minute, what crystals are you working with and really enjoying? Well, I really, this, this one's a lifer. So this is actually, everyone thinks it's selenite and it is part of the selenite family, but it's set in spar because it's more porous and it's thicker. Uh, selenite is actually a clear crystal. But the reason why I will always work with this crystal is that it's a cleansing crystal. I have my selenite wand, which before and after I work with a client, I cleanse myself with this, this wand. Um, so I'm going to interrupt you. Let's go back to the satin spar. Yes. For the people who can't see it, tell us what you're holding in your hand. That is really fabulous. Thank you. So what I'm holding in my hand is a Merkaba star, all made out of satin spar. And for those who can't see what I'm holding, just think of the selenite, what everyone calls selenites, that milky white crystal. That is the satin spar. Oh. And everyone thinks it's a selenite, but the selenite actually is very rare and it's clearer. It's from the same family. It's just a clearer version of this. So like those of us who have selenite wands and you have a very beautiful one there that is, it has been crafted. Yes. Um, it's sort of big and round with a spiral. Mm -hmm. That is actually selenite. This is, this one is a little, it's still satin spar. It is it's, still satin spar. Yeah, if you can see, it still has that milky complexion. So is it fair to say that most of us that have what we think is a selenite wand, either crafted or natural, it's really satin spar? Yes. <laughs> right. You know, I, we had a conversation about this on my YouTube channel um with zuri uh who i love and i think you'll probably get to meet at starcon and we were sort of trying to figure out the difference between satin spar and selenite so i'm so glad you brought this up because i i don't have a clue i i just know i like my wand no and i'll be honest with you for the longest time i thought so too i when i first learned about crystals my teacher was calling this selenite and then i went back to review some some classes with her and she was calling it satin spar and I was like, wait a second. And then I did my research and it, that's the truth. It's actually set in spar. Wow. Okay. But it's a form of selenite. So yeah. It's a form of selenite. Okay. So it is still fair to call it selenite. Yes. People so, will know it in, in the market as selenite. Got it. So it's all selenite, but some selenite is satin spar. Yes. Got it. Thank you for that. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> That's fabulous. Now, do you also do divination with crystals? I do, and I love that. And thank you for um, having me be able to offer that because that was like, ooh, I, I you know, I, I've never taught it to anyone, so it was nice to share it to the community. Yes, I mean, it's just like the cards. You know, if if you know the cards means, and you know what relation you have with the card, the crystals will also give you the same information. Like I know. You know, and and pretty much it, this will be different for everyone because, of course, rose quartz, the pink crystal, is significant of love, right? Uh -huh. So everybody knows that that's the meaning of love. So if you let's say you you cast a crystal and you get the rose quartz, this has to do with love somehow. And then depending on other crystals you may use with it, where it lands in relations to how you're giving a reading, you can you're able to tell someone what they need to know. Oh, so good. So good. So you, as you say, you identify as a trans medium. Mm -hmm. um, you are a medium. You've been hearing the voice of spirit for all of your life. You'll be leading a mediumship circle at StarCon 2023. Yes. We are so excited for that. Yes, thank you. What does it feel like for you to hear the voice of spirit? You know, 
I pause because sometimes you think, am I listening to the voice of spirit? You know, and with practice, you start to understand and to hear it and know when it's spirit and know when it's not. And of course, spirit is always gentle, is always quiet. Um, and when I get messages from spirits, they're also kind of nagging. <laughs> like if, if I'm reading you and I don't give you what I get, I'll keep getting it until I have to give it to you. Um, I'm clairaudient, clairvoyant, and clairsentient. So sometimes I just feel things. And really when I'm super connected, I will feel things. Like if I'm getting a message for you from a loved one who had a heart attack, all of a sudden my heart starts to contract and I start to feel like this heaviness and I will know, like spirit really comes to me in physical form. Um, and sometimes they'll just be like a whisper or a thought. And I'm like, okay, I need to relay that information. And what I've learned is that sometimes we hold ourselves back because we think, we think, oh, that's silly. That makes no sense. Where did that get? I don't know where that came from. But what I learned is that when you express it, when you say it, it usually has meaning. It resonates. The person receiving the message will be like, oh, how does she know that? Meanwhile, you're like, I don't know what I just said to you, but do you capiche? You know, so that's how it comes to me. That's how I hear spirit. Um, but usually it feels like a whisper. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I think you said some very important things that I think many people listening will be able to identify with, mm -hmm. you know, the idea that that it is a quiet voice that you have to listen for. Mm -hmm. The idea that at first you may not know, like, is that spirit? Is that my imagination? Is that just me being crazy? And and sort of like, it's not like it is in the movies, you know, where it comes no. Yeah, it is. Figured out and let it be. And, you know, I think it's so poignant when you say sometimes you don't want to say what you get because it doesn't seem to make sense. Mm -hmm. I cannot tell you the number of times in my own practice that has been the case and, and how often I, I share exactly that thing with my students. Just don't be afraid to say it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I've learned that. Yeah. Absolutely. And you know, one, one of the other things I'm learning is how to communicate what we get. I realize sometimes like, I also work a lot with my throat chakra, which has always been under um, developed. <laughs> and I find because I'm shy, I'm, I'm an introvert. So communicating doesn't come easy to me. But I've worked on it. And they say the way you communicate as in your daily life is how you communicate with spirit. Cause pretty much that's what's happening. We're communicating with spirit, right? They're giving us messages in many different ways using our six senses. So how we interpret it is how it's going to be relayed. And if you're not a great interpreter, it may not be relayed well, you know, or someone may miss something and you're like, Oh, so I've had experiences with my, um, my community of intuitive healers and psychics where we'll give one person a message and we all get the same message, but it's delivered differently. And I, I always find that so fascinating. You know, we, we say something like that in the tarot world as well. Uh, Wald Amberstone, who along with his wife, Ruth Ann Amberstone owned the tarot school and in past years have run the reader studio. Uh, he said to me many, many years ago, like in the 90s, he said, we trust spirit to bring the right questioner to the right reader with the right question, with the right cards mm -hmm. at the right time. Right. You know, so that idea that, you know, we're all going to hear things differently. We're all going to interpret things differently, but we have to trust that spirit is bringing all those right things together at the yeah, right there. time. Do you believe that? Yeah, I do. I totally believe that. I totally. And that is for me as, as someone who relays messages, so comforting. Yes. Yeah. Because not everyone's going to re resonate with the way I receive or interpret the message, but yes, the right person will. Absolutely. That's fabulous. All right. So obviously people can see you at StarCon 2023. Tickets are available now. Uh, but if someone wants to work with you, if someone wants a session with you, if someone wants to learn from you, how can they get in touch with you? 
or you can go onto my website, which is www.calientecreatrix, and that is creatrix with an X.com. Or easier, you can find me on Instagram, on Facebook, on TikTok, on YouTube at Caliente Soul Expressions with an S at the end. Perfect. And I have to tell you, I love you on TikTok. Thank I, you. I <laughs> and, and I suppose, okay, you already did your five questions. You've, you've, you've done your bit. So thank you. Oh, but can, I, can I ask a bonus question? Sure. Okay, so it's easy to tell from your TikToks mm -hmm. you have a background in theater. <laughs> yes, <I do. laughs> I'm a ham. I'm a bit of a ham. <laughs> Can you give us uh, just a quick background on what you've done and what you what you do in theater? Um, so yes, yeah, so actually, I went to school for acting. I got a BA in um, a Bachelor's of Arts in, in, in theater. And for the longest time, I think up until last year, I was performing, I was doing, um, I got my start in theater, but I was doing a lot of TV and film commercials, um, TV film commercial auditions um, and have done, you know, I'm still gonna stay in the arts. It's my first love, it's my passion, hence why TikTok has been such a great platform for me because it's another creative outlet. Um, yeah, and, and I'm also into dance, so I love doing that as well. That is fabulous. And I will just say, you know, and, and I, I just love to hear your comment on this. It feels like a lot of us in the intuitive arts. Um, I was a theater major in college. I never got the degree, but that's what I started. Um, of course, Amy Emberhart is a fabulous singer and actor. Um, Mitchell Osborne is an actor. A lot of us, and you'll you'll meet all of these people at StarCon, have this, this background in dance, in theater. Of course, Amy Foreman, you'll meet her. A lot of us have this background, theater, dance, music, and we end up in the intuitive arts. Mm. That, do you think? I don't think it's a coincidence. I really <laughs> do think that to be, it's, it's part of our senses, right? I know, have you ever heard a song and it just transported you somewhere? Sure. I, I just feel that we channel when we're creating art. If you ever see someone painting and they're in the zone, I feel it whenever I was on stage, I felt like I was transported. One of the reasons why I love to be on stage was because being an empath, I could feel the audience and it would feed me even more. So I think that the arts goes hand in hand with, you know, the intuitive arts. There's no coincidence for me. I, I when I see someone who's doing this work and they tell me they had a, uh, a performing arts background, I'm like, yes, no wonder. <laughs> it's to me, I do really think there is a connection. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and as, as you're saying that, it makes so much sense. And I'm thinking of even other people in our community, Gita Rash, who is a deck creator, a reader, and also an actress. You know, there, there are just so many of us who have that, that dual identity that I guess really isn't dual. I guess it's all one. Yeah, it's all connected. It sure is. Mercedes, thank you so much. Cannot wait to see you in January. Thank you, Christiana. It's been a pleasure. I can't wait. <laughs> now I have a card divination technique to share with you. Hi, I'm Christiana Gaudet, and I want to teach you a really great method of using three card readings, and if you need, turning them into a six card reading or a nine card reading. Now, everyone loves a three card reading, don't we? There are so many different three card spreads, past, present, future, morning, afternoon, evening, body, mind, spirit, me, the relationship, and you. So many more. At StarCon 2022, Jenna Matlin did a wonderful workshop on crafting three-card spreads. Why are three-card spreads so popular? Probably because three is a natural number for a story, beginning, middle, and end. And three is a sacred number. Think about it, the Holy Trinity. Mother, Father, God, and we, their human children. There are so many ways to look at the number three as a sacred number. Now, 
a lot of experienced readers, I think, rely over much on the three-card reading. I think three-card readings are great if you only have a short period of time, if it's a very simple question, or if you're a tarot beginner just getting your feel for doing spreads. I strongly recommend that you don't get stuck just with three-card readings because you know what? The more cards, the more information. And so here is a great way to do a three-card reading, and then if you decide you want more information, to get it easily. So you're going to shuffle your deck and set your intention for your question and the spread you're doing. It may be a non-position spread. Let me just see three cards on this issue. It may be body, mind, spirit. It may be a relationship spread. It may be past, present, future. It may be three cards, a three-card spread that you have just created for your current purpose. Now, instead of fanning out the deck and picking three cards or just taking three cards off the top, those are good methods too. But for this method, what you're going to do, you shuffle and cut the deck, put it back together. Then cut the deck three, well, actually two times into three piles. And that final pile, you're going to cut again and put on top. Okay, so now you have three piles of cards in front of you. Turn over the top card of each pile and there is your three-card reading. Now, if you want more information, you can say, hmm, let's dig a little deeper. Take the top card off and put it below the pile so that you can still see the card and you can see which pile the card belongs to. But now you have three more cards to turn over. So how do you interpret these three cards? You might use them as more information, okay? The first card that you saw in each pile, this is what's true. The second card is, this supports it. This is why this is true. This is something that's a little deeper. This is a little more information. You can also just blend the two cards from each pile together to give you your reading. But what if you want even more information? So now you're going to take these cards that you're looking at, these second cards, these deeper cards, and take them off the pile and put them above the pile. So now what you see is a row of three cards, your three original piles with no cards exposed, and then another row of three cards. Now what you're going to do is you're going to say, let's get to the bottom of this and turn each pile over. So now you have nine cards. You can blend the three cards from each pile to create your reading. You can also give each position a meaning. So the original position is, okay, this is what's most obviously true. Then the second card, which is now at the top, is, and this is a little more information, this is a little deeper, and then these final cards from the bottom of the deck, and this is what's at the bottom. So play with this any way you want. There's no right or wrong. But remember, in my way of reading. The more cards, the better. And this is a way to break out from three cards to six cards to nine cards very easily, and you'll find the results are profound. Thanks so much. Let me know if you try this and it works well for you, or even if it doesn't work well for you, let me know. Let me know how it goes. It's time to play Guess the Tarot Card. Hi, I'm Linda Loop, and I've been a tower reader for about 18 years, both for fun and profit. And I also dabble in runes, palmistry, and combine those two into uh, runic palmistry. And my keywords are steadfast, diligent, focused, and productive.
Good luck and have a great day. Good morning. My name is Christine Ashworth. I'm a, a writer, uh, a tarot enthusiast, uh, a speaker, an author. I have spoken at the International Divination event in, uh, in this last May, and I'm speaking again at uh, the Northwest Tarot Symposium in October, so I'm very excited. Now, my tarot card. Um, my tarot card, the keywords I'm going to give you are, I'm gonna look at my notes because I had to make notes. Methodical, determined, patient, and evolution. Can you guess my card? Hi, my name is Kate. Mira, and I am the proprietrix of grouptarot.com. I have been uh, part of the metaphysical world and a practicing witch for over 20 years, and my tarot practice has grown up in tandem with that. I'm also a theater artist. Um, my specialty in the world of tarot is group readings and seeing how the individual and the group paths align as well as the tarot show which is a performance piece that incorporates tarot readings and any questions that the audience has for the cards as well as stories and history, history and legacy of Pamela Coleman Smith. Um, and my keywords are repetition, repetition, repetition. How do you get to Carnegie Hall? Practice, practice, practice. Do you know what the tarot card is? If you guessed the Eight of Pentacles, you got the right answer. So that was fun. It sure was. Episode two is in the books. Uh, I had a great time, the Tarot Topics discussion panel. It was a real honor to have those panelists on and share all of their perspectives and insights. I loved your segment. I loved the game. Gita Rash's thing was great. And that interview was outstanding, too. So I think we did okay for episode two. <laughs> Absolutely. And special thanks to everyone who participated and to everyone watching and listening. So the big news, everyone, pay attention. Tickets for StarCon 2023 are now available. If you're coming in person, hotel rooms are going fast. So you got to get in and get your hotel room. Get your tickets. We are limiting the number of attendees so that everyone can have, you know, that intimate thing that we're, you know, that, that connection that we're looking for, whether in person or online. And of course, for in person, COVID safety is still a thing. So we are limiting the number of tickets. So you got to get your tickets. You do that by going to the website. You know, the website is all new and redone, starcon.com, S-T-A-A-R-C-O-N.com. Christiana, I just wanted to mention, I know the website just went live recently for the new year. I noticed it's an improved website. I mean, the website has been nice in previous uh, iterations, but you folks have done a really good job. Um, there's all kinds of new headings. There's all kinds of new information on there, including uh, information about past StarCon. So there's almost like a historical record of the, the previous presentations. It's really great. So I wouldn't say don't just go on there to buy tickets, although by all means do that, but check it out. It's uh, really well done by, uh, by John, your husband. Uh, he, he did an outstanding job. Well, thank you. I'll, I'll, make sure, uh, I'll make sure he hears that. Of course, I think so too. But yeah, you know, I thank you for mentioning that archival information uh, what happened in 21, what happened in 22, next year, in, and or the year after in 2024, you'll see what happened in 2023. Most conferences don't do that, but we think because we are all about building community, building knowledge, 
I, we, we believe that saving this archival information is really, really important because when you build a community, part of what makes community special is that shared history. And so we're keeping that documentation of that shared history. It's a great idea. I love it. I do too. <laughs> Frank Kwiatkowski, thank you so much for hosting this show with me. We'll be back with episode three before you know it. We appreciate everyone watching and listening. Thank you, Christiana. And thank you, everybody, for watching. We'll see you next time. Thanks for joining us for the StarCast Variety Show with Frank Kwiatkowski and me, Christiana Gaudet. Special thanks to Mercedes Vasquez, Gita Rash, Linda Luke, Christine Ashworth, Kate Mura, Beverly Frabel, Amber Highland, and Rochelle Welsh. Join us at StarCon 2023, January 20th through 22nd, online on Excelevance or in person in West Palm Beach. Tickets are available now at StarCon.com. That's S-T-A-A-R-C-O-N.com. We'll see you there.